This is Peter McAllister, the father. A lovely cheese pizza, just for me. And ma'am, sometimes I do get into mischief. We all do. Credit card? You got it. <laughs> this is it. Don't get scared now. And welcome to, to the Third Floor Corridor, a sub-podcast of The Sorting Chat. This yes. podcast is not about Harry Potter, so <laughs> if you are hoping to listen to us talk about Harry Potter, it's not happening tonight. But it might. We're going to talk about the boy that everybody had a crush on. The boy who also lived. The boy who also <laughs> lived through something terrible. The boy who tortured... Kevin McAllister of the John Hughes franchise Home Alone, a famous duo of films. There are only two Home Alone films. Tech, yes. True. We, yes. And if I there's no quote, Macaulay Culkin, there's no Home Alone. I want to quote That's a true. line from Kimmy Schmidt that one guy says, Home by myself. I have no idea. You guys never watched Kimmy Schmidt? Yeah, but I, I don't remember all the lines. It's the guy. <laughs> it's the guy that um, Kimmy is like her tutor. Her tutor buddy. He refers to Home Alone as Home by Myself. Yes. Um, Wait, home are, by myself. Lauren, are we Kimmy's. are we talking about both films or just the first one? Because well, I watched we'll both. Because I I, I did watch I did watch both, but I couldn't here's the thing. rewatch the second one because. As we talked about earlier, some things are being ruined now by, you know, the current presidency. And yes! one of them is uh, Home Alone He's in it. to it. He's in it for like 2.5 I know, seconds. but it made me mad and I couldn't rewatch it. But I've seen that one way more times than the first he's, one anyway. So. He's really not in it that much. We're talking about okay. the current president, Donald um, Jezebel Trump. <laughs> Donald. Donald Jane Trump. Donald Jerusha Trump. <laughs> Donald Janice Trump. Donald janky-ass Trump. There you go. <laughs> we don't like him. Just going for it. I don't even care, nope. man. Everybody, he ruined my favorite ride ever in Disney. <laughs> and people's actual lives. And my favorite Home Alone. That is a really good Home Alone. Time I'm just gonna be out. Honest. We can talk about how... The, okay, Home Alone out. 2 is your favorite? It It was. Well, We've talked about this before because we had a very strong disagreement about it. We did? We, we have talked about this in the past. All the reasons why, though. Tell, tell me the reasons, Sherry. Tell me tell the it, reasons. Let's start the show. I, I mean, I think I just liked that it was in New York. I don't know. And it's just the one that I've watched more. And I really liked the crazy bird lady. Mm. I mean, She's it's the a exact really good same part. movie. Like, it's the exact same movie just moved to New York, and they've just, like, exactly. subbed some of the characters. Well, it's not exactly right. the same like movie. Like, the Salt I know, but it's, like, it's so similar that, like, it's not, it's not, like, reasonable to like the second one more, because it's not like they did something new and innovative. I just enjoyed it more. The The main difference is that there is a, a lower-tier antagonist, a group of little oh, antagonists guy. in Home Alone 2. Yes. They don't exist. Unless you count the police. The fact the first that... Film. Just, okay, are the police and, even in the first one? Oh, they're a big part of the first one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We like can get into it. Let's get into it. Up and is like, 
hey, count your kids again. Count your kids again. <laughs> whatever he says. Oh, the police on the phone. I thought you meant like the police were antagonizing Not- Kevin. No, there's a policeman that well, they goes do, to the actually, house. Later. They send a policeman like, to the house. Yeah, I remember that. And then he only like looks in the front okay, window yeah. and then like walks away or whatever but not just that later uh kevin goes to the corner store to buy a toothbrush oh he right, asks right, right. the lady if it's approved by the american dental association <laughs> I love him. and then he gets scared by old man marley and runs out of the store with a toothbrush and this cop who's in the act of writing a ticket stops what he's doing to chase this child over a 99 cent toothbrush and so I have this theory about the police in um, the greater <laughs> suburban Chicago area or whatever this is. The rich so, people area of Chicago. First of all, they're so snotty to Catherine O'Hara when she's on the phone with them. Yeah, they call um, her, um, what do they call her? They refer uh, to her as... Hyper. 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 Hyper on two or whatever. Hyper on two. Hang on. Um, one of my favorite parts of the whole franchise is when that guy is eating the chocolate donut and it, like, falls out of his mouth onto the phone. Well, (laughs) for whatever reason as a child, that looked fucking delicious. I was like, God, hopefully one day I'll be on the phone eating chocolate donuts. Um, but anyway, yeah, they just, they, they don't give two shits. Um, Mm, and then they they don't don't really even check the house. No. And I'm wondering if they're so complacent there are two there are two possible avenues that I can see here. They're so complacent because there's no maybe less crime in this neighborhood in this community of like they're like five hundred thousand air assholes right <laughs> they're, so there's not much for them to do, and they're just sort of like used to not doing much or think about this the police force. They probably don't live in this community in which they police. They probably they probably don't make the kind of money that your McAllisters. So they're make. like reverse snobs. They're like, well, no, they're like, I don't care about your fucking rich people problems. And yeah. I wonder if that's like the subversive message of this whole <laughs> film. Is, why should we care about this rich? People? You left However, your kid. You rich yeah. person. Or yeah. The other thing that I don't one th- the other thing I don't believe about this movie is that even if he has shoplifted, I don't believe that a little white kid, a little white rich kid, wouldn't trust the police. Yeah, he's he doesn't trust the police. He's he, scared. Well, I think he did. Well, because the guy spooks him. I think. Um, yeah, but doesn't he get spooked maybe. before that? He just he gets, first of all he gets he spooked because he's just stole. And he's afraid no, of the he's, police because he's he just stole. because of old man Marley. Well, yeah, yeah but, but there's, also he just there's stole. no reason why he wouldn't go to the police in just, the first place. Like when his parents exactly. leave him behind, like. By the way, exactly. I'm wearing that would be what a really would... cool shirt. Hold nice. on, let her make her point. Okay, Jesus. go ahead, finish your point. <laughs> but I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt. Nice. Um, yeah, no, I think, like, I, it's confusing to me, like, why he wouldn't alert anyone in the first place. Like, I mean, I guess maybe because he thinks that he, like, wished his family yeah, to disappear the and they, like, thing. magically disappeared. But he I still wished- think How old is this child? I, still, I think he's, like, eight. I still think, like, a child that age, if their whole family went missing, would go, like, knock on somebody's door or would call the police or would do something. But this is a movie. Yes, but this is what we're doing. This is what we do. 
we take these books and these movies and we make, we just, you know, we fuck around. That's what we do. I did want to say, I did want to say how ridiculous, okay, the premise of the second film. I mean, the, the first film, yes, the premise is kind of mm-hmm. ridiculous. The second film is even more so because they forget him again. Like, they didn't you know, forget him in the right. second one. Right. They didn't forget him on but, the wrong plane. But the the idea that, you know, he bumps into the lady and his boarding pass falls and he follows the wrong guy, right? And she doesn't look at the boarding passes. She doesn't right. double check and he just gets on the plane, doesn't see the face of his parents or anyone in his family. Mm-hmm. So like it, the original know, movie like had a lot of they had they set up a lot that yeah, had to go wrong. Like the milk spilt on the boarding passes. Right. They right. unplugged the alarm clock and plugged it back in, even though the alarm clock does say on it that it has a battery backup, by the way, if you watch the Yeah, movie. if you watch it. Um, he gets sent up to the third floor because he doesn't want to sleep with Fuller, who has had too much Pepsi to drink. And he got in trouble for and the being little angry. next door neighbor kid. Yeah, yeah gets the little counted. next door neighbor kid. Gets counted. So there's a lot in order. Yeah, like, okay, the little neighbor kid gets counted in place of, of Kevin. The boarding pass gets accidentally thrown away. They're which, in two different vans. They're in two different they're in vans. Two different vans. And um, she farmed out the head count. Mothers do not farm out the head count. I don't understand no, they do why not. any parent would do that. Ever. Ever. Well, I think the answer is they She's fucking suck. She's terrible. I'm a bad parent. I'm a bad parent. And you, you are. are. Um, yes, you are. Not just because of that. No, no not, not just because of leaving your kid behind. Let's She's let's start this. Him before she even Hold on. Him behind. First of all, my name is Lauren. We haven't introduced ourselves here. Oh, I'm Dale. I'm Sherry. And let's ask the question: Who is the worst in Home Alone? Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank, okay. He's, he's horrible. No, I just mean between the two camps. Like, who's more wrong? Kevin or everybody else? Everybody else. Everybody else is, like, I still agree. I still agree after all these years. I'm still, I'm a mother. I have a seven-year-old. She's the worst. I love her. (laughs) She can be the worst. And there are times when I thought about leaving her at home. Oh, yeah. I totally am However, no matter how shitty your kid is, I mean... You're, you're, you're freeloading, I don't know, brother-in-law? I don't know how Uncle Frank is connected to the family, he, I don't know whose brother he is. He is, I believe, okay, he's the dad's I believe, brother. I think he's the dad's brother, yes, I think he's mm. the dad's brother. In front of everybody, he yells at your brother, your son, your cousin, your nephew, he calls him a little jerk. You little jerk. That's the point at which you as a father or a mother... Say, and, hey, Frank, cool it the fuck down. And Biff or whatever, not Biff. I know his name's not Biff. Buzz. Buzz. <laughs> he antagonizes Kevin in front of everyone, mm-hmm. including the mother. Maybe she didn't see it. Uh, she eats all the, he eats all the cheese pizza, right? And then I like, was incensed by that as a, you know, little vegetarian yeah, I mean, I would, child. Yeah, me too. Like, I was angry that only and I still. Pizza. I would have been so yet, mad. Exactly, like, when that's all you eat, and then everybody eats that, and, like, leaves just nothing for you, of course that's upsetting. And, um, so everybody stops and and singles Kevin out, and we all know that that 
Kevin, yes. While he had an attitude, he didn't deserve, you know, being called a jerk or whatever by Uncle and Frank. And she's living she, alone. She sent him to bed with no food. You don't do that to a child. Yeah, yeah know, that's another thing that was pretty awful. She sent him to bed with no food. And um, she, one of the things, what does she say? I think her only redeeming moment for me in the movie, there was one moment where she says to one of the many ticket or, you know, airplane, what are they called? <laughs> Gate agents, I guess is what if they're I called. If I have to sell my, my soul, soul to, to the, the devil, devil himself, himself. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to get home to my son. This is me, Joyce Byers. Exactly. <laughs> it's me. I My boy. I got to get home to my boy. Exactly. <laughs> that is the only moment where I'm like, yes, yes, I, I believe what you're saying. Like, I believe everything that you're saying. <laughs> she says, if there were any, the guy she's talking to, who's, if there was anything I could do, do it. Do anything. She's like, <laughs> she tries to sell her jewelry to this old lady. She's like, I'm going to write you a check. From a mother to a mother, please. (laughs) Exactly. Like, and she, I mean, literally, to get to him, she is like, you know, she screwed up. She takes planes, trains, and automobiles. And automobiles. (laughs) Another holiday (laughs) film starring John Candy. If I have to sell my soul to the devil, and I feel that as a parent, as a mother, On the plane, after she, Kevin's, right? After the, Kevin! Mm-hmm. Uh, they cut away. They cut back to her. She's on the plane, and she's spaced out, and everybody's comforting her, and she's going, "What kind of a mother am I?" Her her husband is not over there saying, "What kind of a father am I?" No, yeah. he's, he's he's kind of the worst. He's like, kind of the worst. He's like, he's like he kind of like way worse than her because a like he's not like trying to make that much of an effort to get back. He's when not she's, that like, worrying out. Like he's not even yeah. that worried. He's like, like we like, should really just go to the house and like chill and wait for the airport like, to call he makes, us or whatever. He calls he calls the neighbors, knowing full well that almost all the neighbors are out of town. Because they're yeah, but all. He's mm-hmm. not like panicking, and it's just like what, like I don't know. Are is like John? He was trying to say something about like, well, I don't know, fathers or. I think he's trying to say that the mom is more at fault than the dad. I kind of feel mm. like it since but, she puts most of the blame on herself. Yeah, yeah, but but like, why is the dad not also at fault? Like, dads are responsible for their children too. Right. That's true. But what I'm saying is, I don't think he's. The film sees it that way. No. I don't know about John Hughes, yeah. but the film certainly doesn't see it like, that way. Well, yeah, if okay. you look so the at film, it, if you... I think it's problematic in that regard because, like, I think both right. parents, I mean, obviously I'm not a parent and you guys are, but I think both parents would be equally, like, oh, responsible yeah. but also, like, freaking out to the same level, right? right? Yeah. He come, They come home. They're like, what What were you up to? And he was like, I went to the store. I got the milk, eggs, and fabric softener. And his this dad says, huh, what a funny guy. <laughs> and then noogies him on the head and then walks away. And walks away. And there's They a... leave him alone again immediately, by the way. Yeah, exactly. no, he's just, like, standing there looking out the window at the neighbor and it's like, where did everybody go? Like, the, he was just by himself. He's a child. Same thing in the second like, movie. He's fine. Same thing in the second movie. He runs away from their suite and goes to Central Park to find the crazy bird lady. <laughs> the oh, bird yeah, lady. that's true. Oh, you spent $900 on room service and you gave me a fucking Christmas ornament? I'm homeless. <laughs> I'm homeless. Can you thought- share some of that fucking bounty with me, Kevin? 
One thing that annoys me about Kevin's dad in the very beginning of the film, uh, this is when we first see Kevin, I think he's on his, um, on his parents' bed. He's like, uh, Kevin had the glue gun out, and he's like, I was making uh, Christmas ornaments out of fish hooks. He says, not my new fish hooks. The dad says that. It's like, yeah. okay, several things, sir. Fish hooks are what, like, a, I don't know, a dollar? You are a multi, you're, you clearly are rich. Yeah. Second, it's the middle of winter, man. Why do you care about, why do you have new fish hooks now? <laughs> <laughs> you and, don't need those again for several months. P.S. Fish hooks are a bad thing to make Christmas ornaments out of. Yeah. yeah. Or to play That's with true. as a child. Double pointed things that are meant to tear into your flesh. Exactly. Are, that's and their purpose. All he has to say to him is that he needs to pick up his micro machines mm-hmm. in the hallway. Well, they have to set up the micro machines. They have to set up the micro machines for later. Yeah. Right? Because those are used as... Yeah. Like, everything is... Well, yeah. Actually, when he goes down into the basement... Yeah, the... Everything, Everything is there. Yeah, the boiler thing happens, and then you see all the mannequins and the paint cans. The mannequins, and... the paint cans, yeah. Speaking of which, this eight-year-old this eight-year-old child is afraid of a furnace. That's weird. Right? It was kind of creepy. That is the most well-lit, sunny basement I have ever seen in my life. I know, it was very... I think it's, it's like... It's a beautiful, beautiful room. Yeah. I mean, I think it it's, like, cozy. one of those, like, things that could be, Half like, an English basement. Like, the kind... Yeah, that, that happens. Just means like it has windows, like because a lot of times you turn those into like a separate apartment or something. A rumpus yeah. room, like like you know, my apartment in DC was a basement. Oh, that's true. And Technically, yeah. That looked out onto the ground. Yeah, that looked out onto the brick building <laughs> next door. What other stuff do they set up before they set up the tarantula? Fireworks. I'll save these for later. <laughs> he finds those in Buzz's stuff along with crunch gators what about the the like torchy thing that he lights his head on fire with or like the the... i guess that's probably in the basement too okay yeah and the thing that he heats up the doorknob with they do a pretty good job in that movie in a way that they don't do in the second movie because it's like well these are just things that you would assume they would have in a house that's been being renovated yeah which the whole thing um, i didn't know what that meant by the way oh yeah when I saw that movie for the first time, I was like, what is renovated? The whole thing with like, oh, I just happen to have a relative that has a random empty house that I'm going to go hang out and right. they're going to come find me. Like, that part is definitely a stretch. I mean, Speaking you know. of which, at the end of the movie, when Kevin finally talks to old man Marley in the church, he says, I'm your next door neighbor. There are several things about this that, that are wrong. One, is your house not also being cased? Two, are you not noticing all the houses around you being robbed? Like, old man Marley does not notice that every single other house on the block is being robbed. How would he know, though? Because they're going in the middle of the night, and, like, people are out of they're town, not, so the though. police haven't been called. They're not going in the middle of the night. There's a, When they rob the Murphy's house, it's the middle of the day. Yeah, and also, like would you necessarily notice that, like, the house is being robbed? I mean, they're not, like, I think it, carrying I don't know, stuff maybe. out the front door really how would he not notice that kevin's by himself that's the thing i have a bigger problem with is like how would he notice kevin isn't by himself and when he goes into the house when like they have like got kevin up on the hook and he hits them with the shovel he then just what takes kevin back to his house and leaves him there yeah exactly like doesn't he like ask why a why are you in this empty house with these guys that have you hung up on a hook for some reason (laughs) 
who are these guys? What's going on? Where is your family? <laughs> no, he just like walks him back across the street. He like unhooks him and then just leaves him in his house. I think here's here's the part of the story we don't see. We've been hearing that this old man Marley, who's clearly just a sweet, uh, if slightly inappropriate old man who look who gazes a little too long in the in the general <laughs> store. He seems like a sweet old man. He follows young Kevin into back into his home, um, which is now a den of horrors. He finds out from Kevin what has happened and says, I gotta get the fuck out of this house. This kid is an actual serial killer. This is a horror film and it could end badly for me Mr. Old Man, Mr. O.M. Marley. <laughs> uh, so at the end, if you look real closely, when Kevin uh, creepily stares out the window at the at the family reunion <laughs> happening between Old Man Marley, his son, and his granddaughter, and he waves, there's just a glint of fear <laughs> in his eyes. It's like, I gotta stay on this kid's good side. Okay, wave back. Don't look at him. Granddaughter, do not look. Okay. <laughs> He's an actual crazy person. Oh, God. Were there any moments as grown-ups that you guys were like, oh, my gosh, like, that is horrible? Like, because I feel like as kids, it was almost cartoonish, you know, in the way that these burglars were getting. Which one horrifies you the most? There's some Um, article my brother just sent me about how, like, Kevin is actually a sociopath, and it, like, looks at all of the actual human, like, damage he inflicted on them, like, that all of which, like, probably would have killed them. Like, he doesn't think about, like, the damage uh, that he's done to he's trying to to protect himself, which I think is, you know, reasonable to a certain extent. But, yeah, I think, like, all of those things would have been a lot more detrimental than they seem in... I don't think they would have walked away from a lot of them. No, like... Yeah, there were moments, like, okay, two that I thought, oh my gosh, that is going to be awful to clean. <laughs> oh, yeah! they The like parents the get top- home the next day, the house is fucking spotless, by the yeah. way. Yeah, right, exactly. Spotless. I thought about the tar on the, on the cellar stairs... Yeah. The tar that he laid. I think he put and, shingles down. He and put, he put shingles, shingles down. And then yeah. he had so a nail it wouldn't stay there. coming up. Yeah, but the know, tar wasn't actually on the stairs, though. Oh, okay. It was just on the shingles. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he did that, but, but he had a nail coming up. Like, that one moment totally, like, got me. The nail... Yeah, I don't know why, but you know what? What was the? I mean, all of them were cringeworthy. The the fire on his head. My worst one was the doorknob. Oh yeah, the hot bad. doorknob's the but worst the one. But the fire on the head is too much for me. The fire on the head is pretty bad, but like when he he puts his hand into the snow after he burns it on the doorknob and then brings it back and it's shaking and it looks burned and gross and there's a sound that accompanies it. Oh yeah, it it's sounds like, like this. Uh, it sounds like that. Ugh. It's like crackling. It's crackling skin. It sounds like bacon frying. No, thank you. Well, you know, he, so that's pretty gross. Human flesh is like animal flesh. We're all so, the same. <laughs> um, as a child, the funniest part to me was when Marv says to Hen- one of the funniest parts was when Marv says to Harry, "Why the hell are you dress like a chicken?" <laughs> Which is pretty funny, but I realize now as an adult, Harry's question to Marv before that is even funnier. He says, why the hell do you have your shoes off? Which is like, why dare you? Yeah. Why are your shoes off? 
if if you don't know what has happened, why don't you take your shoes off, man? This is a burglary. This is you're not on home time, bro. Like, okay. Hey, have you had any time to think about what additional booby traps you would add? Oh, because I do feel like we missed. There was a missed opportunity early in the film because he mentions the fish hooks. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh my god. And gosh. those never come into play. What could we do? Oh my god. Do we want to think about what we could do with the fish no, hooks? No, like that is like Zach and I talk about this. Um that is like one fish of hooks. our fears is getting hooked, like going fishing and getting hooked. <laughs> my friend uh Andrew was telling me that he went fishing, which is ironic because he's like a lifelong vegetarian. Um and so but he had some friends that were going fishing and he was like, Well, it's probably not like that much against my kind of you know i don't know ethical convictions to go fishing if i'm just gonna like unhook them and throw them back right like it, throw pro- them back, it probably yeah. doesn't hurt that much so they're out fishing and the person he's oh, fishing with boy. like you know throws their whatever rod nope. back and the andrew just got the hook right through his hand and he's like well that's oh. enough of a sign for me to know that like this is not a thing i want to do to a fish <laughs> this is just anytime Eesh. i'm on a pier anytime i'm anywhere near someone who's fishing the automatic thought that I have is walk fast, walk fast. Yeah. Don't be near them. Like, don't get near these people because, like, you're going to get hooked. So how could we incorporate the fish hooks? Oh, God. I, you know what? It's literally too horrible. I don't think I want to. <laughs> it's too horrible. I feel like maybe Dude, that's, I, like, something like, that got, got cut from out. the movie because it was too horrible. <laughs> you may be right. You may be right. And at any it. moment, why wouldn't these guys have given up? Like, was it just just fury? Was it just, like, I think I'm so. They want to be bested pain. by a child. I think Marv is stupid. Yeah. And I think Harry has uh, a complex of some sort. Yeah. You know, because clearly he is, uh, he feels like he's the brain's... Well, he knows he's the brains of this. He's he's sh- early in the film. He's showing off his intellectual prowess to Marv by saying, "I've got the schedules of all their automatic lifetimers exactly. memorized." He dressed up as a cop. He dresses up like a cop. He goes into this house and fucking nobody pays attention to this police officer for half an hour. Yeah, because there's like, <laughs> what country is this? How many people were in that house? Is it a fancy orphanage? Because I don't actually get the sense that. Kevin has a relationship with any of these people. Well, he except I don't get a clear sense of who the brothers and sisters are. I know who they are. It was eight and it's, eight, so that means that they had no six and six. Fourteen. Fourteen. It was fourteen because they because they say that seven seven fourteen right, which means that the they're each seven person families, right? No, right. I think yes. he has. No, although a couple of them don't belong. Extra kids that were his brothers. It's Kevin, Megan, Lenny. Jeff and Buzz. And Buzz. Who's Jeff? And one of those them. are the five McAllister. Jeff. Jeff is the redhead from... Um, he and Pete. Oh. Anyone redheaded is his sibling because of Catherine There's O'Hara. There's only one redhead. No, Buzz is redheaded. No. Buzz he's is brown-headed. totally redheaded. Google it. I think he's he has brown, brown hair. hair. I'm pretty sure he's, yeah. he's, he's redheaded, but whatever you guys Two say. against one. It's... Uh, hey, listeners... Comment on the Facebook about how Dale's wrong. <laughs> I thought Buzz and Pete and Pete, and then there's the blonde girl that's like the blonde girl. You're, that's you're like, what the French call les incompetents. Les incompetents. Les incompetents. And then there's uh, the brown-haired girl that's really concerned about him when they're in France. You're completely helpless. Yes, you're so <laughs> helpless. Blah, blah, blah. So that- I I think my favorite thing about Lenny 
that's the blonde sister, is one, that she calls him les incompetents, which is very funny. Uh, and two, she says to her brother Jeff, I hope you didn't just pack crap, Jeff. Why the <laughs> fuck do you care what Jeff packs, Lenny? Exactly. Mind your goddamn business, Lenny. The, and then he puts, he puts his, another thing that weirds me out is he puts his, his toothbrush in his pocket. I don't know Jeff why. Jeff does? Yes. He walks, he walks out of the bathroom and then he puts his toothbrush in his pocket. And I'm just like, Lynch. Are you not planning to brush your teeth tomorrow morning, Jeff? Nope. There's lint I in almost... your pocket. You want a linty toothbrush? These are the things that go through my I guess head. Jeff don't care. Jeff don't. We all know that about Jeff. Jeff, Jeff don't give a fuck. He don't, man. He don't. Which, by the way, he's going to be at Pensacon. So if you guys want to go to Pensacon, Jeff's going to be there. As who? Pete and Pete. Pete. What's his real name? I don't know what his name is. Okay, Google. Oh. What's the old? I'm, I'm gonna Google him as Jeff from Home Alone. <laughs> Jeff from Home Alone. <laughs> Pete from older Pete from Pete and Pete. Guys, I've never oh. seen Home Pete Alone and Pete. Is a 1990 <gasps> movie directed by Chris Columbus, starring Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, and Daniel Jeff Stern. McAllister is played by what the hell is his name? Sherry, you should watch clips of it. What it's now? Really good it show. says it lists. On fandom, it lists his family. Parents, Kate and Peter McAllister. Siblings, Buzz, Megan, Lenny, Kevin. Grandparents, Penelope McAllister. How the fuck do we know what the grandparents' names are? I don't know. Frank, uncles and aunts, Frank, Leslie, Rob, and Georgette. Cousins, Tracy, Rod, Sandra, Brooke, Fuller, Heather, Liz, Mickey, and Josh. Michael C. Morona. I don't think some of these people appeared in the film. I do wonder if the inclusion of all these families means that there's like a Home Alone extended universe. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Frank, like Frank and all of those kids. Like, I want a movie just them? about Fuller. I just want a movie about Fuller. That's true. <laughs> Who would have guessed that little, what the fuck is his name? Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin would just be, would be the one. You know what I mean? <laughs> would be the one, please. In- would be the one to go down as Igby and to to be to Karen maybe m- like make out with Michael Sarah or maybe have a, like a casual thing. Yeah, because he's in. Um, What's that movie called? Scott Scott Pilgrim. 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 Yeah, Scott Pilgrim. He's he's the gay roommate in Scott Pilgrim, correct? Yeah. yeah. Who who like I feel like they have a they have a ambiguous relationship. Yeah. That may or may not be, you know, sexual sometimes. And he's extremely um, handsome, like more so obviously than Okay, back up. Than um uh, in America in 2017, he is handsome in a in a way in a way. Wait, what what are you saying? Cuz Kieran uh, Culkin is a beautiful man. He's beautiful. He's beautiful, but he's not extremely handsome, um, like, Okay, can we compare... I think he is. Okay, let's compare him to Macaulay Culkin, and let's just talk about that for a second. You can't, though, because Macaulay has been... I mean... uh, Macaulay's been through some things. I love Macaulay Culkin, but I'm definitely Team Kieran. Yeah, Kieran's, Kieran's more my cup of tea, but I do think... They did release pictures of, uh... Of, uh... Dang it. Macaulay, Macaulay, and he looks in the a lot better. He looks now. a lot better. Yeah, he looks better now. But he is. We're praying for you, Macaulay. We we think about you every day, and we think about your pizza van, about pizza. Your pizza van, yeah. A lovely cheese pizza just for me. 
Let's talk about the worst part of Home Alone 1. When he makes he does dinner not, and doesn't eat it? Doesn't get to eat it! Yeah, he makes what so what I kind of He doesn't get to eat his, nutritious. his nutritious mac and cheese dinner and the people who sold it on sale. Oh my god, it makes it me so mad. And then the, like, it, dude, just shovel like a couple bites down. You, you need do that. You need that for later. Because you're... Like, do you think he... Like, eats it later? I mean, it's... He ate it later. He ate it later. It's what I have been telling myself literally for for 20, what, 25 years? (laughs) I love macaroni and cheese from the microwave. Honestly, I don't care that it's macaroni and cheese. I care that it's food that he went to the store, bought himself, used a coupon... Ask the Lord for to bless it. <laughs> he did ask the Lord, and then to bless didn't, him. and then didn't eat it. But it is a little bit on him, because he spent a lot of time at the church that he didn't need to spend. By the way, he set all that shit up in less than an hour. He did. Also, he had a plan. Also, though, though like what criminals are just like we should come back at nine o'clock and then get back at like nine o'clock. Like on the very dot. punctual <laughs> criminals. That's true. Maybe they had somewhere to be. I was thinking about the food that he eats on the first day. That uh, So when Kevin is on his... Eats ice cream. <laughs> he eats a, a big old thing of ice cream. It looks delicious. It looks like the ice cream has Captain Crunch on it. I think it might. <laughs> I've never tried it before, but I've always wanted to. It has... I'm watching junk and eating rubbish. <laughs> or was it the other way around? I'm watching... Yeah. I'm eating junk and watching rubbish. Rubbish. You better come out and You better come out and... You better come out and pay me. Better come out and pay me. Is that movie a real movie? No, it's not. <laughs> That poor pizza that delivery much. guy. I always felt bad for the pizza okay. delivery guy, but also I know. an idiot for thinking that was, like, real, you know. Why wouldn't he just pay for the pizza? It's- like, dude, he's just like, my parents are here. They're upstairs. Here, they gave me the money. Here's the money. Exactly. Like, yeah. what, like why yeah, did he's he kind of go- a weird kid. Is he, getting, is he getting back at the pizza delivery guy for always knocking their statue over? I don't or not, giving, them, that much, not but- giving him enough cheese pizza? Because he asks him. That's what. At the why beginning, didn't you bring more cheese pizza? Why didn't you bring more cheese pizza? That's true. That's what he asked. Why didn't this family who ordered 10 pizzas... Times twelve bucks. By the way, in 1992, those were expensive. That's expensive pizzas. pizza for 1992. Do you? I don't know. We need to look up and see how much pizza costs in 1992. You can get a ten dollar large at Pizza Hut, like ten dollar two toppings with a coupon, like all the you time. You can get like at, from Hungry Pretty Howie's. Much. You can get a six ninety nine pizza. Maybe it was fancy pizza because they're rich people. Possibly. And they only ordered one cheese pizza for real? That was dumb. Kevin is the only person in the whole house. Here's the deal. Here's the rule. You order ten pizzas, four to six of them are cheese pizza. I'm sorry. That's the way the world works when there are that many fucking kids in a yes. house. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. You gotta have some cheese pizza up in there. Because what else would there be? Just meats? Just... I guess. Like, vegetables. oh, just pepperoni? You get five cheese, <laughs> Well, no, I mean, like, if I'm going to get, like, a veggie pizza, which, you know, they did not get a veggie pizza they in 1992. No. Was there a veggie lover's in I don't know. I never got a... I never got a veggie pizza until I was an adult. Yeah, but they're like, adults. Probably. Yeah, but they're what I'm saying... they rich people in Chicago. <laughs> what I'm saying is my parents never ordered one. Yeah, but... Never ordered a pizza? ordering the pizza as a child. I don't remember ever seeing a vegetable on a pizza until I was, like, in my 20s. When his parents come back and they're all like, what did you do while we were gone? And he's like, oh, you know, not much or whatever. Do you... 
He says, oh, just hung around. Do the police never come and, like, say, like, you know, get a statement from them? Or do they not file a police report? (laughs) Or, but do they hear from their neighbors that all these houses got broken into and say, like, oh, Kevin, good thing, like, you were okay. And, like, he just doesn't say anything? Like, does he tell friends at school, like, that he just did all this, badassery on his own over Christmas break? Like, do people think he's a psychopath or, like, a liar? Like, yeah. I just really Who would believe know it? what's going on after the movie? Wasn't there like, wasn't there a video that came out like a year ago about with Macaulay Culkin talking about the like PTSD of experiencing these burglars or whatever? He was like an Uber driver. Yeah, this is fucked up shit, man. I do think that Kevin is a particularly shrewd little kid. If we are to assume that he no- tells neither his parents nor his siblings nor any of his friends, which I don't think he does. I do think that really makes the case for Kevin is a sociopath. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Or even a psychopath. Because... And the only person that knows about it is old man Marley, and he's not, as we've already established, he ain't saying shit. Right. Because <laughs> like, he's terrified. Um, we could also say, too, there's a quote in the second film where Catherine O'Hara is looking for Kevin in New York, and she says something about if she would... If she were lost, she would be dead in a gutter, but not Kevin. He could yeah. survive this or whatever. He's so much. So that can insinuate <laughs> that she knows that he. I don't think so. Survived more than just being home by himself. <laughs> home by himself. I think that's enough for an eight-year-old. That's kind of a lot. Like he went to the store, he got the milk, eggs, and fabric softener. <laughs> he was home alone for several days by himself as a small child. And he see and he decorated the fucking house and he cut down a Christmas yeah. tree out of the yard. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah. And the, here's speaking of Christmas trees, in Home Alone too, much is made of the fact that Kevin apparently uh, has a boner for Christmas trees. He does. This is invented out of whole cloth for the second film. And he says, I don't want to go to Florida for Christmas. They don't have Christmas trees in Florida. And none of the adults in this film franchise try to correct him and be like, she goes, we'll get a nice fake one. It's like, Catherine. Maybe they've never been to Florida. Maybe they think that they're just palm trees. Palm trees? Yeah, what's wrong with these people? I don't know. Is you're not? She's never left Chicago or Paris. I guess not. They're rich people. They don't know about things. (laughs) <laughs> that's true what do you think they do for a job um do you think she's a working mother no, no i don't think she works i think they're i think like, they, maybe he's like an engineer or something i think it's inherited wealth i don't think they do Possibly. anything he's a gentleman <laughs> <laughs> you know the chicago he's part of the chicago gentry the gentry the greater chicago landed gentry i was gonna say something about the fact that she finds him at the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. <laughs> and I know that that's why they be... invented that whole Christmas tree thing so they could find a way for them to get back together. Exactly. And get this... That that was like to open up that that line of he's obsessed with the Christmas trees. Where do we find him? She literally says to this 9-year-old child, "Kevin, what is it with you and Christmas trees? Uh, what is it with you and leaving me the fuck at home by myself?" <laughs> <laughs> Just go ahead and put on your lipstick and sit in first class. I will say this about Uncle Frank. I would steal the salt and pepper shakers, too. Dude, man, the one thing that annoys me about him, well, there's a lot. Just one? But, but there's a moment where, um, what does he say is a hilarious? Oh, yeah, um, in the second movie, when, when Biff, I'm sorry, I keep calling him Biff on purpose. 
when Biff, when, you know, does the thing with the candles on his head and he has a solo and then everybody falls, like, it's just this big, like, clusterfuck. Um, then he goes, it's pretty gall darn hilarious. <laughs> or <whatever. Yeah. laughs> Biff is, like, fake apologizing and then he says something, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, what is he Beat called? Beat that, you little trout sniffer. The trout sniffer, which is so... <laughs> so 90s of my like that that like do you guys remember that as like a a saying like just what is it no. with trout sniffer that's not a fucking phrase it yes, came it from is. that film no yes, it is. what on earth what <laughs> country what nation did you live maybe in maybe it was supposed to be like butt liquor or something but they changed it to trout sniffer <laughs> because of like the pg-ness of it you know things like fart knocker and butt liquor and butt sniffer like what was the thing trout what what not a thing. yeah trout <laughs> not a thing what what is a, a thing that you remember from y- your younger years like what what is one of the insults that you remember from school well, there's one i don't want to say because it's very offensive <laughs> okay <laughs> you don't okay, want but i'm gonna say it this is very offensive but people used to call each other gay wad gay wad yes are you familiar I remember with gay wad? because here's the thing in my innocent youth at the tender age of about the age that Kevin was in the first movie, seven or eight, uh, people were calling each other that word. Yeah. I didn't know what it meant. I thought it was another word for a spitball. Yeah, like a, yeah, like a, a wad, wad of something. Of something. <laughs> and so I would call, I said to my parents, uh, what was the boy's name? I forget. There was a boy in my class. I'm not going to remember his name. Travis. Travis was spitting gay wads at me. <laughs> Travis threw gay wads at me. <laughs> my mom was, my parents um, like, what the hell are you I, talking about? I don't know where I heard this and I didn't know what it meant, but I called someone a jerk off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. My dad got really upset and I was like, I don't understand. Like, it's just like a jerk. Like, he's like a jerk, but like, it's just an extra thing. But he's off. <laughs> extra thing. It's just an extra thing added on to this. I don't know what Sherry's going to say, but you said that you thought the Macaulay was cute. Tell us about Macaulay, about Macaulay if you can. I So I was saying before, I don't remember having really strong feelings about him as a child. But I may be wrong. Like, I just don't really remember feeling like that way. Dale said that she thought he was cute, but that there were other boys for mm-hmm. her. Not me. Not me. No. Just Macaulay. It was Macaulay or nothing. Uh, in 1991 or 1992, whenever this movie was, my mom bought me the VHS. <clears throat> I still have it. And for probably a solid six months of my life, I would come home from school and watch that movie every day. <laughs> like, because I had such a fucking thing for for him. And I for think that... me, like, I didn't watch it when it first came out. I think I watched it later. So I think by the time I watched it, I, I was, like, older than that age. And so I think maybe it didn't mm. make sense. Good point. Good point. Well, I even... I remember he was, a, you know... I saw every movie that he was in. I saw Richie Rich. I saw The Page Master. Mm-hmm. I remember being really disappointed by The Page Master. Not disappointed, but it was like, oh, he's a cartoon for most of it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I going to get off to this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was thinking about him literally all the time. I was dreaming about him. It was unrealistic. Yeah. How yeah. much I was into. Like, because this is where I think, I think this is where the, the flutterings of fan fiction started. Like, yeah. I used to have fan, 
fan fiction about me and Macaulay Culkin. This is how I felt about <laughs> um, the Lost Boys from Hook. <gasps> oh my gosh! Who is- I just wanted to. Be, it wasn't like it was fanfic in the sense that I wanted to be part of their like crew. I think Aww, I probably okay. had particularly strong feelings about one or two of them, but like I just like wanted Rufio, to be like Rufio, probably. Let's just <laughs> not say. Rufio. Ooh, not... Oh my gosh, but he's so Why cute. Why not? He's so cute. Who else? I what I was into as a kid. I really liked Fred Savage, and then I also really liked um... <gasps> Fred Savage was my OG, or like was my original. Mm-hmm. I literally had a fantasy at five years old. <laughs> this is going to sound so gross to you guys. That Fred Savage, on a horse, would ride up to my window in rural Kentucky <laughs> and literally steal me out of the window by force. Because, you know, five-year-olds and know take, how to do all of those things. And take me on... Well, he was older. He would take me on his horse by force. I had no choice in the matter. And ride me away. And then who knows what happened after that. I was five. But, like... yeah. You held hands. I'm not sure how healthy it was to have that kind of imagination. Because here's the other thing. Uh, the Nutcracker came out not long after the first. Uh, the New York Ballet did a movie version of the Nutcracker. Yes, I remember that. And I watched Macaulay it. Culkin as the, as the little Nutcracker. Um, and he didn't seem to dance much, if at all. I think he was honestly just there for money. I don't know, it'd be a face, yeah. You know, I would fast forward just to kind of the parts where he was there. The Nutcracker turns into a boy and then takes her to the land of sweets and they see all the different, like, sweets do their dances. Mm-hmm. It's a, just a beautiful little night. It's very light on romance, right? Mm-hmm. But the implication there is that it's kind of romantic. And that's Macaulay Culkin. And, and he meets Clara or Marie, whatever, and she's instantly smitten. And I had so many little fantasies built around the Nutcracker. Because <laughs> uh, they were they were in, it was all, it was lit very soft and, you know, everything was beautiful and dreamy. And when they first meet, they do this very slow handshake, which to like eight-year-old me was like basically full-on sex. <laughs> uh, like, um... And I just had so many fantasies about uh, wearing, like, Victorian clothing and meeting a pretty boy in pantaloons. Pantaloons. <laughs> uh, and it was Macaulay, obviously. But, of course. Uh, but I mostly had dreams that, that he, that Macaulay Culkin and I would meet him randomly in a mall somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> this was my ultimate fantasy, was that I would just run into him, and then he would be, um, he would, he was being pursued by his fans. Right? And I would be like, Macaulay, I know the way to get out of the mall. Come on. <laughs> and I would show myself <laughs> I would show myself to be the one true fan because I wanted to help him rather than like uh you know, than like get his autograph. It's like I don't need anything from you, Macaulay. Let me help you. When I was in sixth fifth or sixth grade, Macaulay Culkin got married. He married a girl named Rachel Miner. And by that point I was he was still in the back of my mind and and, and in the bottom of my heart. <laughs> But he wasn't, like, the main boy. By that point, I had met boys in real life that I crushed on. Um, but I remember being absolutely devastated. When he got married, yeah. Just, that, well, there well, goes that... my shot to meet him in the mall and sneak him out that of the That didn't last, though. Uh, you know, that didn't last. So. It didn't last. And um, by that point, I was well and truly over it. Um, and I can say that Macaulay and I have parted on good terms. I still think of him fondly, but I, I just don't feel the same 
I mean, you he's can... in... I love him, but I'm not in love with him. Is he in Saved, or am I making that up? He's in Saved. Yeah. Do you guys remember that movie? Yes, it's a good yeah. movie. We saw it a bunch in college. Yeah. We watched it all the time. Yeah. And I remember thinking, being very proud of him. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I get, I loved him, but at that point, it was like, follow your dreams, Macaulay. Like, You're I, I wasn't in love with him. Now, now he's with Brenda Song, formerly known as the chick from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, he dated Mila Kunis for a while, and for and, like and eight years, Rus- uh, Russell Brand had this whole bit that he did on some show, where he he when he was working on uh, with uh, Jason C. What's it Forgetting called? Forgetting Sarah, Sarah Marshall. Yeah, and uh, he says um, that she was always talking about her boyfriend Mac. She's like, "Oh yeah, me and Mac are gonna do this." And then finally one day he goes to her trailer, and Macaulay Culkin comes out, and he's like, "You can't tell me, you can't." <laughs> Tell me that your boyfriend's name is Mac and never mention that it's Macaulay Culkin. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful, nutritious Mac and cheese meal. Signed, Mac. Peace, MC. I just want to say this, though. Joe Pesci has lovely eyes. He does. They're very blue. And glinty. They're very brown. No, they're blue, aren't they? Joe Pesci? Are you talking about... Aren't his eyes blue in the movie? Am I wrong? Oh wait, she's You're who's so talking? Wait, are you talking about Joe Pesci? Yes, I'm talking about Joe Pesci. Okay, okay, hold on. Joe Pesci. So his look at his eyeballs. So his eyes aren't blue. No. Are you sure? N- I'm I'm pretty fucking sure. Oh, let's tie. Okay, trivia. His beautiful brown eyes, my cousin Vinny. Trivia. Oh, my cousin wait, does Vinny's... he? Should I Google it? Oh my god, he does have blue eyes. Yes, because they glint and they're pretty. No, he doesn't. Pretty okay, and... Google. What color are Joe Pesci's they look, eyes? They look brown to me in this still from Home Alone. According to MadWorldWordPress.com, Dan Aykroyd, complete heterochromia, right eye green, left what? eye brown. What? Joe Pesci, partial heterochromia, both eyes partial blue, brown. What? He has heterochromia. No, that wasn't even a thing. Yeah, heterochromia is when you have like one eye different color than the other. I'm looking at this one picture of him color. where he appears to have blue that's eyes. What that was called. But All I remember is picture... when he's dressed up as the police officer and he smiles, his Maybe eyes it's one of those... shine. Maybe one of those things where your eyes, like, reflect the color of what you're wearing, and in the police uniform, which is blue, his eyes were blue. Oh, I don't know, but let me say this about the pizza delivery guy from, like, when we were talking about it an hour ago. He is standing, the pizza delivery guy comes to deliver the pizza. He's standing in the foyer with Joe Pesci, who, as far as he knows, is a policeman, and he asks... The policeman, are you just around for the holidays? Maybe, no, idiot, this is my job. Maybe he thought he was, like, family and he was just in his uniform hanging out in the house. Why? Are you just what? around for the holidays? No, I'm a police cop. I'm doing my job. I'm a cop. Yes, the, the cops do often get seasonal work. Yes. They, they get seasonal hires for Christmas. Maybe they I mean, thought that the family was so rich that they hired their own security guard. <laughs> their home what are you gonna tell us about the pizza delivery guy oh i was just saying i looked him up and he hasn't done anything with his life (laughs) you don't know that he could have done something that is not tv related thing and he takes care of babies like what it's very possible he you know he could have accomplished other things maybe he's a parent and he has a family dan charles zukowski 
I apologize if you've done something with your life. Sherry Culpa. <laughs> okay, here's some Home Alone trivia from IMDb. <laughs> Joe Pesci deliberately avoided Macaulay Culkin on set because he wanted Culkin to think Aww, he was scary. Mean. Catherine O'Hara revealed in 2014 that Macaulay Culkin still calls her mom. Aww. The sweetest thing I've ever heard. That's sweet. That. Now here's one that a lot of people already know. The picture Kevin finds of Buzz's girlfriend was a picture of a boy made up to look like a girl because director Chris Columbus thought it would be too cruel to make fun of a girl like that. The boy that was used in the photo was the art director's son. That poor kid. I know. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern Stern felt indifferent about the movie's potential during shooting. I'm sure they did. Right? So they intentionally gave over-the-top performances. Neither yes. one of them believing the film would become a massive su- see that I like that it's like you Me think too. the movie's gonna suck and so instead of phoning it in you go hog wild and exactly I like this. and now it's like a freaking classic I said that to Zach tonight I, th- I said when Mariah Carey made her Christmas album did she think <laughs> did she think that she was gonna be able to freaking live off the proceeds of that album for the rest of her freaking life like forever, and she, she does, like, knocked it mm. out of the fucking park. She did, she did, and she plays Madison like Square Garden every year at Christmas, just because of that Christmas album, and it sells out in an, like an hour. And you know what, Marv and Joe Pesci, everybody's gonna know who they are forever. Marv <laughs> exactly. apparently, and since we already talked about this, I'm looking right. at the list of trivia that you were lauren but apparently mm-hmm. mark's uh why the hell are you dressed like a chicken line was i saw improvised. that <laughs> which is amazing because it's hilarious the next piece of trivia on the list is macaulay culkin's stunt double was a very short 30 year old man i like how Aww. they feel the need to specify that it was a very short 30 year old man <laughs> like as if you wouldn't have known like, right. he was really tall height. he just punched over I want to say this very important piece of trivia, which is that the role of Uncle Frank was written for Kelsey Grammer. What? (laughs) Okay, first of all, this is so topical for our home because we watch Cheers. I can't can't fucking imagine Frasier saying, look what you did, you little jerk. You little (laughs) jerk. Can you imagine, can you imagine Kelsey Grammer Get out of here, you nosy little pervert, or I'm going to slap you, silly. (laughs) Despite Kevin being home alone, he's never seen in his own room. That's a good point. That's true, we don't see him in his own room. I'm not even sure he has a room. They forgot he was on the trip. They probably have forgotten to give him a room all these years. Harry Potter all over again. Yeah, seriously, oh my god. Crossover. He's a wizard, guys. He's a wizard. Oh my god, what if... You're a wizard, Kevin. What if Kevin McAllister realized that he was a wizard and, like, that was how he got all that stuff done so fast? <laughs> like, he set up all those traps with magic. He saves the, We also talk about the spider saving the day, right? That's the spider. True. The tarantula. Look to the spider. Follow the spiders. Ron was mm-hmm. gonna be spiders. Somewhere in my memory. That's the big, the big connection between Home Alone and Harry Potter. John Williams wrote the Yes, score. John Williams, yeah. exactly. And Zach and I talked about that because when I when I was like, hey, can you, you know, do something for 
third fourth corridor make it sound kind of home alone and he was and we were both like well wait it already sounds kind of harry potter it kind of already does yeah because of the fact that john williams does it and there's lots of bells and and you things, just gotta so. slip a couple jingle bells in there yeah just put bells yeah. in it did you ever try to do like a kevin level like contraption of some sort on your own as a kid oh no never Mm. again boring boring person i the only thing i ever did was i had this jewelry box that i connected to like a shoestring and i i would leave the door to my bedroom partially open and put the put the jewelry box on top so that somebody opened the door it would fall down on their head which i don't completely understand cuz like nobody in my house had done anything to me to deserve that <laughs> to get hit in the head by a jewelry box right it was just like let's see if i can and i called it a security system <laughs> so that i would know when people came in but it's like i'll know when they open the door <laughs> like when they come in the room, I'll know they're there. What do we think Kevin is doing in his later life? <laughs> Kevin McAllister. He's living his I truth. mean, he's fine. Realistically, um, I feel like he's like a legacy admit to some more like Stanford or Harvard yeah, or something. And right. he goes and gets like an engineering degree and then like yeah. lives in That's a suburb and has his own family. And- engineering. Yeah. That's a good idea. Well, yeah. Then- yeah. Or yeah, who knows? Definitely. You know what? Maybe he just like rebels against his whole upper middle class or higher whatever you want to call it class family and goes to art school and lives in you know a commune. Well, he does say with he wants people to who live care alone. about him. He says, well, "What if he I want to live alone?" But he I did that and it didn't go well for him. So maybe he <laughs> wants to live in a commune with people who actually love him. I do. I actually am feeling like he leaning towards alone. more towards you know. Uh, good college education slash good job slash normal pretty normal life maybe going to new york you know broadened his horizons and he's gonna join the symphony or maybe he becomes a really maybe he owns a pizza restaurant that only serves cheese pizzas (laughs) maybe he inherits duncan's toy shop (gasps) yes duncan's toy chest he saved them yeah, maybe he gets left it in like that dude's will when he dies, and he just goes and runs a toy shop. Duncan Jr. was pissed. And wait, um. wait, maybe it turns into like some sort of Chuck E. Cheese style place where there's you know toys, but then an- <laughs> animatronic things and also pizza. I mean, let's just live the dream. How about if Duncan's toy chest is his front for his fucking torture dungeon that he has downstairs? We don't. So know. maybe yeah. they do it like consensually. Oh, maybe. <laughs> It's like a oh yes, in of... his sex like, life, like, definitely yeah. he's a he's a sadist. Uh, he ends up with Buzz's girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> he respects that she owns her body and her and her and and everything that, it, you know, she's not afraid. She's not ashamed of how she looks. And he's Maybe like he really respects that. And no, he like... ends up being. This Sorry. is my. Are we writing? Am I Wait, writing fan Are you? Are you saying he ends up with Buzz's girlfriend? Yes. That's yes. What said, and I'm just like, what? Maybe he ends up with uh, old man Marley's redheaded granddaughter. Oh, Aww. that would be so sweet. Yeah. And then he kills her. <laughs> oh my gosh! What is it? Was are you? Have you been listening to? I my feel like murder? he's. Are you a murderer? No, Reno? he's just a crazy person. He's a crazy person. Well, what do you think? You think that's going to do it for us on Home Alone Talk? Is there yeah. more that you have to say? Not 
particularly. We didn't really talk about the second movie that much, but it is getting a little I late. mean, yeah, so much of it is like the first movie, except that but we got to mention the immortal Tim Curry's cheese pizza. <laughs> uh, the fact that they don't ever, ever... Like I think the, the end part where they get like berated by the parents for not like why would you let a child check in and why would you call the authorities and all of these why things? would you fucking let your kid get on a plane yeah. without you that's Seriously. what I would have said I think one of, brother, things, that's... one of the things I love so much about that movie and maybe part of the reason that I loved it more was just that I loved and I still love the idea of staying by myself in a hotel yeah, like, yeah. It's funny because I live in an apartment by myself, but every time I think about like, oh, I could just go stay in a hotel by myself, and I get really excited about it. And Dude, like, I've done it, and it is amazing. Sorry, the whole hotel staff is standing there, and he's playing the scene from the movie, and he's like, I know you've been messing around with what's his name and that old hotel. Uh, Cliff. Yeah, and the old guy. Says, <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> Imagine if Harry Potter. Had been born with Kevin McCall Kevin McAllister's temperament. Kevin McAllister would have totally been. Would you think he would have been a Gryffindor or a Slytherin? Slytherin. He would have been a Voldemort. <laughs> I think Kevin McAllister is a Voldemort. He's just he's um, self-preserving. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think get it's all self-preservation. I don't think he's like malicious or evil. Yeah, I don't get evil from him at all. Like I don't. I don't feel that I'm vibe. the man of the house. I feel like Kevin is the one is the one that's going to liberate uh, Hogwarts from its houses. I think he has a little a little bit of each. He's he's very clever. Yeah. Right? He's brave. Sure. He's cunning as fuck. Yeah. But he's also quite loyal to his family even though they fucking leave him behind on a home alone. But like I mean, on on Christmas. But the hallmark the hallmark of a Gryffindor would be that any normal person in his situation would probably have figured out a way, like went to the police station, did something completely Right. He wants to be the hero. Right. So it's definitely more Gryffindor to me because of that aspect of it. I don't think he's anyone I that's what I'm saying. Like I think he is equal parts, all houses. He's the chosen one. That liberates us from the house system. And that's why I'm getting behind no, on this. He's only eight or nine in those movies. There's still time in a couple years. This is, I'm changing my what happened to Kevin McAllister after the movie story to at age 11. He gets a letter from Overmorning or wherever and goes off to wizarding school and. Right. Yeah, becomes a wizard. He, get, he gets like one they... from Hogwarts and he becomes the first American to go to Hogwarts because his family's so rich. Let's write this fan fiction. And so he's <laughs> crossover. So fanfic. he gets the Hogwarts letter. Who does he fall in love with? Hermione. Luna Lovegood. Hermione. Oh boy. I think he falls in love with Crab. <laughs> he looks so much like Buzz's girlfriend. Then he becomes the antagonist to Draco. Like he just He is a Draco. No, he, he like literally is. he literally makes Draco's life a living hell. It's like Oh my god, maybe he falls in love with Draco. <laughs> this is the best fan fiction ever Kevin McCallister somebody please please write a treatment of this Kevin slash Draco fan. I mean they're rivals at first and but then they realize they can't resist we're gonna title this Kevin Draco story this is it don't get scared now <laughs> <laughs> a 
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the third floor corridor. Uh, thank you for listening to this departure from our typical fair. <laughs> we did end on a little Harry Potter because you know we you have can't to. help it. You have to. We all do. We all do. I hope, I hope that your holidays are filled with snowy white owls and beautiful <laughs> invisibility cloaks and mince pies and oh. presents. I hope your holiday is filled with getting to finish your fucking mac and cheese. <laughs> and please thank the people who sold it on sale this holiday season. It's true. Don't be a jerk. Have a nice trip. Bring me back something French. Bye.